Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data NBA Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me at Lairdinho on SoRare. Joined today by Alex Super, Tilted FC, who is inside, and Keith Jameson, GatorGuy231 on Twitter, GoldGuy231 on SoRare, who is outside today, because uh, why not? Why not, Laird? Why not? The, the golden arches did not work out well, so I found an outside spot. So, so you, it's good that you live in a warm weather climate too, because uh, I wouldn't be able to really do much um, in the in the cold of the Connecticut winter here. And I'm, I think a lot of people who are familiar with your content agree with Andy here that they're pretty disappointed you're not in your car. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Keith does a lot of uh, DFS content and does it literally while driving his car very safely. Somehow he does this all without like detailed notes. I think I've seen like a napkin you wrote like one note on and somehow you do like 20 minutes of content with it. But the appreciate the effort. Best one, the, the, the best comments I ever got was I had it on like a bank receipt. I had just hit the bank to have like make a deposit. And I'm like, it was a big deposit. So hopefully we all do really well. Shout out to you actually using a bank like in person as well. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, we kind of touched on this topic in bits and pieces and in various shows. And um, Keith thought it was like worth having a full discussion on these kind of cheat codes week to week, whether they're actually worth it. We kind of talked a lot about uh, talked a lot about them in terms of the like, should you play or should you sell? And it actually came up in the Sora first pitch. Uh, Discord, which is available for all uh, Patreon members. So everybody who hasn't joined that, check it out. And somebody it came up this week with TJ McConnell. And the whole question is really like, are these guys worth it? And Keith, you had like a very simple response to it, which I think is the right response. I'm going to add on a little bit of that uh, after, but can you kind of just explain like whether you think like buying TJ McConnell this week, given all the Indiana issues, is worth it. Yeah, I mean, so I'll, I'll go twofold with it. One, like the reason I kind of wanted to re-hit the topic is actually in our little mini chat between the three of us, I sent you guys, I want to like say like last week, and said just like flat out it can just be tiring to follow all the news, to like buy up the guys, and then all of a sudden you thought you had like the best cheat code of the week or – even if they were a cheat code, only to something else comes out or it not work out. And now you're holding this bag in your, in your gallery. You're just like looking, you're like, I paid 0.035 for that guy. And he's 0.0. I have one. I paid 0.035. I'm going to keep it just for the laughs. And he is worth 0.003 right now. Okay. The there's so, nothing worse than buying not, a card and then later seeing the two zeros before it did you. <laughs> You're just like, oh. yeah. But I'm keeping it. And then, and then so rare tilts me by letting me win his rare. But um, it was just like, I have a few of those. And it's because you, you kind of chase the cheat to make it, especially if like these super low L10 guys, because like Alex has said before too, they've earned their really low L10 typically in the past, right? So they're not sustainable guys. McConnell's a probably a different story there's a lot of dfs love for tj mcconnell through the years but my response to the guy that asked it i think the exact question was is the is chasing tj mcconnell meaning he knows he's chasing is chasing tj mcconnell this game week worth it and my response was if you win like if you win enough then sure like if you can invest like if i ask anybody like let's take so we're out laird i'll just ask you if i gave you $50 and you could make, and I said, there is a 90% chance that you'll make a hundred. You're probably doing it. Right? Yeah. I will take that. Yeah. You'll take that chance. Right. So if your team's already really good and you're TJ McConnell away and you think you can win a 0.15 card for spending 0.04 or whatever it is, then do it. But if you are like going to max out at like a T5 or T4, because you don't have like, you know, a Luca, or you don't have, uh, you know, the any like alpha guys, and he's just kind of fits in a lineup you don't think it's going to win, then that makes no sense. And 
And I think that's kind of the toughest part is like, obviously, well, not obviously, but it feels like every lineup you build, you're just like, I could see this winning. Like, and nearly all of us don't literally can only be one winner, like first place winner each week. But it is one of those things that we need to like examine more of our lineups before we make like a TJ McConnell move is that like, if you're going from like, obviously you're doing it so you can fit in somebody better. It's usually like a two V two, usually not three V three, but like it could be. So it's like, who am I replacing if I can get McConnell or, or whoever, or who McConnell like, let me get. And like you said, if you're moving from like a likely tier five to a tier four, like it's probably not worth it. The, the one that like the, the concept that I wanted to kind of go further with and Alex, I wanted to hear what you said about this because I feel like you're, you look at this, you kind of may have looked at it this way, but like, is it more valuable to try to get these guys when they're not the cheat codes and then, and just hold them? Like we've had this conversation of like buying extra guys, but like, would it have made sense to buy McConnell four weeks ago, like before the, all the injuries and, and like, does it make sense to have those types of guys? Because then you're not really like, you're effectively probably getting like five of them for the price of the, the cheat code and you're getting like, just cause you're getting them before the cheat code. I mean, I think if you can identify them early enough, then yeah, that's what you want to do. Like, I think at this point we know like Naz Reed's going to step into situations right. where he is a cheat code and it's going to happen often. Terrence Mann, I think is a great example of that. Man, just literally. because like, yeah. When, how many times are Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to miss? quite often. And then he steps in and he's, he's still got a constant role, even when they're in and his L10 comes down and then you play him again. So McConnell wouldn't have been a guy that I identified. Like I've, I've been watching DJ McConnell play basketball for years and years and years. And he's never been a guy I thought would drop a 70. And then I won him and I was like, I hate this tier too. And then I played him. Now all of a sudden I'm in line to get another reward. But to answer the question, uh, yeah, if you can identify it, and if it's a repeating sort of pattern, I I would go back and wait. But at the same time, like, what is the premium? What is the premium on the player? Like, how much more is McConnell now? And, like, is the time and the opportunity cost worth waiting for it to come down, like 0.03 or something like that? And these guys don't exactly normalize quickly at the rare level. At the limited level, they normalize, like, you get the middle finger graph and they bomb down yeah like that but at the rare level can be a little slower so it just yeah it it does depend on like are you gonna win i think my rule now for a guy like this that's funny he's actually kind of leveled off but um my rule now for guys like this that i'm gonna try and stick to is if he was in my gallery already would he be the first one of the first three guys in that lineup and Cause I'm tired of chasing like, and I think we've said this sort of thing before. Like if you have four guys in your lineup and you're like, all right, I need a guy with an L10 eight max. You've, you've messed up. Like, unless that guy's already there, you already have him. And he's one of the first three guys you want to plug into your lineup. If you're there, like it's not good enough. And I think a guy like TJ McConnell, if you already had him, he was definitely within the first three uh, that you're going to play in a contender lineup probably. So it might make sense to pay that premium in that case. So that's how I'm going to take a guess, but long-term it's about the guys you identify, not the guys who step into like a singular injury. It's more the guys I mentioned, Karis Levert, another guy who steps into one of those positions when you see injuries over and over guys who rest. So I want to ask both of you. Oh, go ahead, Laird. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think that, the point you brought up is one that I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, this is just how you play the game. But like, if you are asking who's the best player with an L10 of eight, instead of like, I know the cheat code and I'll just go from there. Like it's usually, the answer is never good. Like, does anyone have an L10 of eight with a projection of 25? It's like, no. Well, what's the highest projection of somebody with an L10 of eight? 
uh, nine. And it's like, okay, I'll just get that guy. And like, that's not the way to do, do this either. So I just wanted to add on that. Uh, sorry, Keith. No, 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 I, I agree. So I want to ask you both this. So if you had held TJ through all those lows, so like later, like you bought him at $5 and then he went up to 30, would you be playing him or selling him? Are you asking me what I would do or what I think the right thing to do is? How about both? <laughs> I think the right thing to do is sell him and I would play him. Especially if I had him already. Hashtag team fun. Yeah, I, I think the I think the biggest the biggest point that I see is like I'm not buying him at 30. Like I know that much. So I'm not team total, I'm not team YOLO. <laughs> I'm team fun, I guess. But I just, yeah, I don't think it's like worth buying guys at, I mean, did he get to 30? I guess he did. He got over 30. My God. Yeah, got it. Got it right around there. What about you, Alex? I'm curious. Yeah, I think what Laird said is the right way. Like the smart thing to do is just take that profit. Like the 20, a 5X profit on a guy like TJ McConnell is just going to go right back into a, a backup role eventually. And it's just a lifelong backup. Like just take it because the odds of you actually winning a $20 card I don't know what that looks like now, like a DeRozan, like that's a high tier two, something like that. I might be misconstruing values, but the, the right thing. And I think I saw someone who put 500 or $800 down on the Kings to win the Pacific. And he would get like 60,000 if they won. And they finally gave him a cash out of like $20,000. And like, yeah, I, I would just, I would just cash out. I don't, What's the extra 40,000 or like in this case, what am I going to do with that $25? Even if I'm just playing at the limited level, like how many more great cards am I going to buy at $25? Right. So I, just, no, I think that's the right answer. I, I, I think I contradicted really, myself at the end there though. Cause like you did, you did. I think the right answer is knowing your team. Yeah. I, I think that's the honest answer. If your team's still trash and you don't, if you have to like, if you have, this is where my answer would be, I guess. If you have McConnell, and your gallery already, and your team is pretty awesome with him, then I wouldn't sell. But if I'm just like, you know, if, if it's just trash, if if it's not good, and like I'm like looking and I'm like, ah, maybe I can squeak out a tier five or a tier four, then, you know, the value of that tier five or tier four is going to be less than the money I made from McConnell. So I think having an awareness of like your upside of your, you know, likely projection when like, Trying to think of a good example. Maybe you, you did it with Nazareth. Okay. So we know Gobert's out. Let's just say Nazareth's sitting on a, on like a, he has some baked in high games. It's going to be hard, but let's just assume that he is like at a 20. I think he could probably, probably get back down to a 20. But we know his upside is what, 45, 50, depending on games. Reed's so only at 24 we, right now. Okay. So he's coming back down. It's not for a while. He was like 30. I think he got yeah, to a 33. 30. I think. Yeah. He got up really high. So it must be one of those ceiling games fell off. But he had so, so he, yeah, he had uh, yeah, three games where he played nine, ten, and thirteen minutes, and that just like really helps. That helps. Yeah. You kind of want those in there with that type of player. But let's just say that you have it, but you know that Naz Reed isn't in your lineup. Or like right now, Walker Kessler's kind of a flavor going on right now. If you knew one of those two was the other like secondary top top guy and you didn't have him and you weren't willing to go buy it then that's maybe, I think, when you sell off. But if you did have that other guy or you, you're like, hey, this, this lineup could do it, then obviously I think you should, should keep, a, keep a board. Yeah. So I, I, think our, I think our answer on both sides of this have now been know your team. And I think that's definitely the correct thing. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, yeah, I guess the, the biggest thing is, like, how high are you willing to go? for the guys that you know won't be that helpful in the future. Like, I mean, we talked about this last week when I bought the DiVincenzo Rare. And I'm like, I'm buying this card knowing he's going to be half at best when Curry comes back. Curry, Curry came back a week later. And it's just like, you keep, that's what you, with a lot of these guys who are like fill-ins, particularly with like Reed, because like Gobert, there's no like long-term injury where we know he's going to get like a ton of playing time. And not that you need like weeks of playing time to make up for it, 
but like what makes this is going to sound this is going to sound like I don't know anything about basketball but I want to I want somebody to explain this to me in the terms of how we use them what makes Nasri different from Montrez Harrell is it just that reads uh, so much higher I'll give you a fun one that maybe I'll, I hope I'll get a crack a laugh from Alex on it but because Montrez Harrell no longer plays for the Clippers like Montrez Harrell was Naz Reed when he was with the Clippers. Like, awesome role to the basket. Had, like, a really, really cool role. Um, and he when he plays with Harden and then that sixer system, like, he has shown the ceiling, but Doc doesn't, like, let him go. Yeah. Whereas when he was with the Clippers and he would get, like, that run, he was Naz Reed. So I think the big difference is that Naz Reed would, in the absence of Rudy Gobert, actually, like, gets a ton of stuff and you gotta remember keep in mind too it's not only no rudy gobert right now it's no cat so you right. got both where mcdaniels is more of a defender slasher type so nasri kind of gets this like nice little like alpha type of role whereas you know harold just just doesn't reed's also 23 which is funny because i didn't know who he was prior to this year and if i looked at his picture i would have guessed he was 36 <laughs> the absolute youngest Laird, you should actually, if you if you if you want to undo it and search it, search for Nazarene actually went to LSU. Search for his LSU photo when he was eighteen. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, he, he looks the same. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't aged uh, a day since his college days. <laughs> he's just he's always looked like this. It's wild. Uh... But but yeah, I mean the. I think like a really good example though of like a Naz Reed versus a uh, Harrell is what what Walker Kessler is doing right now. Like Walker Kessler, yeah, there you go. Look at the LSU photo. <laughs> that was a freshman. He left after his freshman year. <laughs> it's like Greg Oden all over again. <laughs> <laughs> He's already had more success in the NBA than Greg Oden though, probably. That's sad. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but no, I, I think where I was going to go like the Harrell thing and like Naz Reed is. You have Nasri, like, if if Alex would have gone back in his projections, Nasri was a crazy points-per-minute guy. Like, in DFS, he always produced high points per minute when he would get short amount of time. So you, those are the guys that, like, TJ McConnell is actually the same. So maybe this is actually a really good, like, search for the type of guys if you're using Alex's projections or somebody to search by points per minute because TJ McConnell is a guy that in short time always would produce over a fantasy point per minute, whereas Harrell does not. Right. That's interesting. And yeah. I we I swear we had this conversation like the first time that we talked about. No, it was the Austin Rivers conversation. It was like the points per minute, points per 100 possession. Like if you're really debating on where you find those guys, it's those stats. So, yeah, I'm actually going to look at that right now because that's real interesting. But like, so hold on. I got to freeze because I was just listening to a basketball podcast on the way over here. Day run. Uh, I'm gonna give Gators pump of the week if we're gonna if we're gonna steal Sean's whole thing. Dayron Sharp. Oh no, that's Dayron Sharp. I, I was thinking Shaden Sharp, um, which I don't think he's you're far enough down it. But Shaden Sharp from Portland. Yeah, they're starting to get to be some Lillard potential trade grumbles. Just a few feelers are getting put out there, and if that were to happen, something like that, and, and Portland decides to give up this year, man, Shaden Sharp. Plenty of points per minute. Guys absolutely love him. I mean, he's only on an L10 of 11. What is his limited right now? 12 bucks. 0.009. I think you could go crazier than staffing a, than stashing a Shade and Sharp in your, in your roster. A two ETH for a super rare, Laird. When are you, when are you jumping aboard? Yeah, just what I need. Uh, so, actually, Jeb Bush <laughs> is here. Jeb, good. To, thanks for joining us here. He said, Someone like McConnell will spike in the future. So if you do buy near the top and hold through the massive dip, you'll be able to flip or use again. The, team hold. Yep. So the problem though, literally team hold. So the problem is that like you're not, you're probably not flipping it for that much. Like if you're buying on the way up, you're actually not making that much, even if he does spike again. And I mean, we, we have seen guys spike multiple times in a season. I can't think of anyone who's spiked three times, but there are plenty of two. 
shout out but, Juan Toscano Anderson, but see, I, I don't know. It I just was, doesn't seem like whole, and not that like selling in a massive loss makes sense either, but it's more like, do you even just, do you even buy those guys anyway? Or do you just buy them? I mean, I guess what Alex said, like McConnell wasn't going to be on his list anyway. <laughs> and that's just, that's just on me. So really quick, I just looked up the points per minute between the three guys we were talking about. Um, Montrez Harold's at 0.08 points yeah. per minute, which is pretty abysmal. And then McConnell and Reed are both crazy enough. 1.1577, both of them exactly 1.1577 points per minute. So, I mean, that's like, it's not double, but it's another what? But like, another, another point every three minutes? Here's another one that was good, though. Walker Kessler was a guy that we could see that, too, because when he was backing up Kelly Olenek, he wasn't getting much more than like 20 minutes um, per game, but he was he was showing good points per minute. Nice 1.235. Better than both the guys we mentioned. Did you did you know? Is that why you're bringing that up, Blair? Yeah. <laughs> but what was it? Not my 1. finest 2. day. What's that? Alex, 1.25? 1.235, yeah. So better than better than Reed and McConnell. I I'm, I want to put another question to you guys and and to Jeff Bush on it too. Hold on, we got skaters here. But anyhow, um, the, I, what I've always had the hardest problem with storing guys or holding them long is just because of the unknown with values, especially in the limited market. Because you know we technically have five thousand mints that could happen, so you know you could hold to the next spike so to speak but who's to say the next spike isn't 30 percent less than the previous one or things like that so that's where i i sometimes struggle with the stashing guys aspect like do you guys feel anything there or disagree so i again going back to the point that like I'm not really going to, at the limited level, I'm not going to make anything that makes a difference in my gallery. That's funny. Shamit's got a triple middle finger right there in the middle and two on the side. Um, I'm not going to make anything a consequence on these guys. So like, look at the difference between like first and 20th place in a lot of contests. And it's like three points. Yeah. So like XP at, at that level makes a big, big difference. So I'm, I'm flipping a whole lot less than I was. And I don't know. Well, the funny part about it is, and Keith, I think we both kind of hit this at the same time. We were both kind of like, all right, I am tired. I can't just keep going out and running down these guys and making these constant deals and taking losses to bring these guys in. And I stopped buying and I've had the best week and a half, like two, three game weeks in the last two weeks since I started doing that. So like, it hasn't even worked out. The one guy I went out and bought was Isaiah Jackson this week. And he gave me a nice one. Cause you were late. You were late on him though. too. I was very, I was very late. I was late on everything because yeah. I was on vacation. But that was, a, by the way, another guy, incredibly high points per minute, Isaiah Jackson. And I kind of settled, like, I didn't mind where I bought him at. I was at, like, 0.06 on his rare. And I was kind of just okay with it because the other people um, at that level, like, at the 14, it was, like, it's him or Joe Harris, who I also bought, or, like, really pay up for the guys that I was two weeks late on. So I just went with it, even though I didn't. Miles Turner was questionable at the time. It's not pertinent or anything like that. My long-standing point was at the limited level, like I'm just gonna hold. I've held every bad limited purchase that I've made because like I'd have to sell five of them to get one of the next cheat codes. And I just don't want to chase it at the rare level because the amount of loss that I would take is it would set me back two, three weeks of winning. And for the record, that's why I wanted to bring up the topic again, Laird, is because you, Alex said that, and I have not won anything since not buying guys. <laughs> but, you know, that's probably a testament to Alex not getting off guys as quick as I was doing and just not having the depth. But that's, that's where I wanted to go. Just how much, 
that helps. But I had Gabe Vincent on the day that he uh, was going to be the cheat code and got ruled out in the same 30 minutes. Laird remembers that. I remember that. But that was that on the bottom of else too, wasn't it? Oh, that, that was the day the Heat were playing all these shenanigans. And, that was the Jovich week. Nikola That's Jovich. exactly what it was, Jovich. But if you remember this week, it was like the worst ever because instead of just sending out one injury report, the Heat like slow rolled it. It was like every 20 minutes they said the next guy that was out. And it's like, <laughs> you're, you're killing me. But I do think that there's a lot of credence to not chase. Like where, where I wanted to go with this, I do think there's a lot of credence to not chasing these guys, not overpaying. Maybe just a realization that they seem like cheat codes, but they might not be. And, you know, they might only be one point better than the guy that's already sitting in your gallery. I've had that happen a million times. Yeah. So maybe we still buy them. Maybe we still buy them. I think you got to, yeah, like, again, if they're not one of the first three people in your lineup, then there's no reason to chase. Like, if if it's not a stone-cold lock, then in so many of those stone-cold locks where – the floor for a guy it looks like it's going to be three X. It requires one of those days. It requires a Jovich heat day. And if you're not early, you're going to pay wildly. Like sometimes this is worth it. I think for Jovich, like the majority of those purchases and like where I see Laird bought, like I think it was worth it that week. And that's, that's fine because you knew he was going to get 30 minutes or whatever it was. Whereas, other times it's just it's not the case it's like all right he's gonna step into a role he'll get five ten minutes more and he's just not very good it's just one of those things where you have to know what the cheat code actually is other than like oh he's cheap (laughs) yeah i i think that i think that makes sense i also think that some people like we we force guys into a cheat code like we force ourselves to think that guys are cheat codes when they're probably not like guys with l10s of eight and they're projected for 16 and it's like that's probably not enough anyway like and and if a guy with an l10 of eight is projected for 16 he could just as well score four as he can 30 and then when he scores 30 we're like oh yeah cheat codes are great but when he scores four, you're just like, ah, oh, well, he was terrible anyway. But like, you can't really have it both ways. Like you have to decide which is which. And I don't know that I feel like we have ones like McConnell that just are such significant outliers that the cheat codes tend to, I feel like they're not as impactful, but maybe it's just because people are playing them in lineups where they actually don't make a difference. Meaning they're not moving from tier four to tier one they're just moving from low tier four to higher tier four and like yeah you can use them again but like there's no guarantee they'll be i guess it's the ones that we know are just like one week one game week cheat codes or half a game week like when what was that last week when Embiid we thought he wasn't going to play both games and then he played the first and everyone's like oh Oh shit. And then he played this. Did he play? I, did he sit the second one? I don't even remember. No, he played. Well, the, the Paul Reed one was hysterical when, um, remember, because Paul Reed fought out DNP the first non Embiid game. Yes. Straight up DNP. And, and then, well, I, I know because I had him in DFS. A lot of people had him in DFS, and we should have probably known when I think it was like Tucker started instead of Harold. Oh no, we oh, no. lost him. There we go. Hey, I'm back. Star- Starbucks Wi-Fi. Somebody asked me where I was at, but um, that was the that was the the week you're talking about with Paul Reed. Um, so I was gonna say though, Larry, I think you just hit on a really good point. With, yeah, but I wanted to go back to the cheat code thing real quick. I think you hit on a good point, which is I think where I've been mentally struggling with this at is it's like the different levels of cheat code, if that makes any sense, like. Like, TJ McConnell, I don't even know if I would actually say he was there. Like, he wasn't even starting. So, like, in the, the first time he smashed, like, before the 70, the first smash game, he only played, like, 22 minutes. 
don't know if you guys saw that. His minutes were not great, but his just points per minute were so good. And then obviously he had the absolute ceiling game. But like I think the best example of like a cheat code, which was in my opinion like impossible not to smash, was on a Shake Milton. Shake Milton like a month ago for the Sixers without Embiid, without Maxi, and I want to say it was without Harden. I think it was out without, and he was sitting on an eight. Right. And it was literally like, if you weren't going to play him on an eight with this role, and it's those those games, like I thought there was a zero percent chance that he failed, and he did not. And he was on an eight there. Well, 24, nine, so, and 10, no big deal. Right. It, it's actually kind of crazy. A guy like that can't get court time, right? All of a sudden, now he's getting 12 minutes. It does, it does feel pretty wild. Like, Doc, baby. Doc, that is fine. <laughs> hey, hey let, but let's get PJ Tucker 30 minutes of run, okay? He sets damn um, good screens. <laughs> and he's real, so it's really good in that corner. Really. Yeah, he knows how to get the hell out of Harden's way. Anytime you can have a six foot four center, you got to do it. <laughs> I always tell my wife, I was like, PJ Tucker is one of my favorite players because he was like me when I played. I was not very good, but I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was stocky and I was tall when I was young, but then when we got to high school, uh, I was a six foot power forward and uh, I had to either shove people around or get off the floor. And that's PJ Tucker's made a living out of it. We dog him, but you're not good in this game. No, he's he's great. He's made a lot of money. Good man. Yeah. Um, so what so, do you guys think about that though? The different degrees of cheat codes. Do you think that that's like something that we really have to evaluate with this? Is like, you know, if I'm one away for shake, I'm probably paying an arm and a leg for that eight. If I have everything else, if I'm like fitting Luca and um, I don't know, you know, I I don't want to touch Giannis since layered bottom. I was but, just gonna have to say, so. it's definitely not Giannis. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but what the know, hell happened to Javon Carter, by the way? He Laird, a hey, in Laird's defense, Laird got the one game out of Javon Carter that he needed that week. I did he get that one. Him. You're right. You know, so I mean, you got just, what you wanted. I just don't know how that. Like, I don't know how it happened. I I watched the Bucks Heat game when he and Vincent. I mean, like every time that it was like it was a game at Rucker Park. Like one of them was just launching, and that's how Javon Carter plays anyway. He just tr- dribble pull ups and tucks his knees in when he shoots, but. Then it was Giroux in that day that he went off. Was Giroux in? Yeah. Uh, hold on, let me see. Maybe not. Really Maybe not. Now. Drew, Drew was in that day. Drew had 24 okay. and 11. But okay, this, I, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer then. The two so I would this think week that, Drew that's played. correlated. Well, Drew was the, I, I think I shouted that out. Like, Drew was like, yeah, arguably the best, the one of the easier best plays on the site. Like, everybody's like talking about McConnell at 18 or 20. But Giroux was sitting at like 32 with 30. a really good shot of no Giannis. 30, even worse. I had him I'm in my lineup anyway. I, I was playing him yeah. with or without Giannis because he was just the best player I had available. So, the uh, Javon Carter like score graph is hilarious. Like 5 5 14. Three, oh, that minus two is that minus 16. layered, layered though. Tell me that those last two aren't just the sexiest things ever, though, for <laughs> holders. It. <laughs> <laughs> as somebody who owns a limited and a rare Javon Carter, I'm all in on getting that L10 as low as possible. I mean, but but we, we I think I joked one of the first or second episode about like my dream for a guy is to drop 50 in the first game and then they get to turn the ball over and then get two technical fouls in the first minute of the second. Like that's sober NBA dream scenario. Yeah, the problem is this zero and, you, and minus two came in the same game week. <laughs> Right. Right, right. Hopefully you didn't play him. Hopefully you knew to bench him. If not I mean I definitely played him. I played him with Isaiah Jackson. I got a combined one point from those two. Um, Andy, the negative oh, has a negative L ten. It actually we, we talked about this like two weeks ago. Um Laird brought that up as or Alex did, one of the crazy people here. About like it's, does that work in contender because it does actually add you back the cap. So it does. Yes. Minus, if you start a minus two, you have 112 for the last four positions. 
which is absurd in a lot of ways. Whoever this Alondis Williams is is a minus three right now. Javon Carter is catching up. <laughs> I love that his best game projection is zero, and it's like plus three. Plus three. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting every game he sits on the bench, he's just like, Hey, it's better than if I played. And he's like, I'm just here to get technicals, guys. Yeah, I don't even know if he's in in the league, but yeah, I mean, as somebody who is like tried, I had, I think I won a card with a guy with a zero, like a purposeful zero. And so, like, if you're somebody who's like, I'm gonna try this, I think it's worth trying. I mean, his limited is literally a dollar 82. Laird, please go find that lineup because you literally you messaged that night and you're like, guys, I think this is a strategy. And you had somebody go like 45 over their L10. I had I think it was like a Bridges 60 or something yeah. like that. It's definitely viable. I did it once. Well, so what I took what I was joking, or if you can predict multiple guys to go three X their L10s in a given game week is a great strategy though. Yeah, that's all you have to do. It's quite simple, to be honest. Um, oh, this was... Oh, no, this one was just short. I actually thought I had this one because Sebron was a zero, and then he scored three, and I was like, I'm cooking here. And then John Wall had a, a terrible game. But that was only 18 points short. Um, but that wasn't... Uh, it was definitely a contender lineup. I, I think it was one more week back. <laughs> it definitely worked. Uh, well, well, there, the, here the, it is. The, oh no, that wasn't it either. <laughs> it's the guy, though. Maybe it didn't work, but, but I just this, like pretending it worked. But Alex, did the guy end up winning that with the zero? Didn't the guy win contender with the zero, and that's uh, where it started, or second or something? Yeah, and he had Donovan Mitchell and he well, had Clint the Thompson. No, it was the Mitchell hundred game, right? Mitchell hundred Thompson, Thompson eighty, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so right. It was, it was Mitchell and Thompson. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, argue I have so many lineups with zeros in it. I can't figure out which one. Yana <laughs> zero. Yana zero and a Ben Simmons zero. That's how my game week was. How about you guys? I don't know. I can't find it. It's okay. But again, the the secret if you're going to do it is just make sure you get the ceiling out of everybody else in your lineup, and it works great. Yeah. Right. Right. Very simple strategy. Um, so I feel like we didn't really answer. So actually, let me rephrase. One of the problems that we have is that because um, SoRare doesn't include rewards in their API, like we can't study rewards like we do with, with football where we know like the value of cards. So it's like difficult to say like, oh, if you can get from a tier three to a tier two, then it like pays off because like it might not, we just don't know like what the value is on the rewards that we see, but it's, it's like difficult to decide. Like if is my lineup now good at like how much is better is my lineup with whatever this cheat code is and Jamal Murray instead of whatever guy I had and Keegan Murray and like, like I said, like the, the cheat codes are not like you can't compare like cheat code to cheat code because it depends on like what else you have. So then it's like, what if you're buying the bigger guy also? You're like, oh, this week I can fit in LeBron because I have whoever the like because I have McConnell. Like, I love is that. that literally I think the worst play to play or no, I think it's the opposite. Because like you should because you should buy the star when you have the cheat code. Like if like you're is, a star, is that better it, than the other way around? Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. Because as long as Layer doesn't have them, aka Giannis. But I, mean, I was so close to buying Jokic too. Oh. Well, the other that's, thing too that's, is that's pain. If you already have the cheat code and you go out and buy Giannis, Luca, LeBron, whoever barring an injury like they're still going to resell for about the same like you're not going to lose exactly. your ass they're stable. On, yeah they're stable you're not going to lose your ass on those guys you're going to lose your ass on the bottom right you're going to lose potentially lose your five percent so fee. right 
or but like Luca, Luca <laughs> right now. I mean, go go to Luca. Like Luca has had some like spikes where he's gotten like his limit has gotten to over 0.4, but he's pretty damn consistent price now for like three months. He's about back to uh, where I sold him. I guess I guess he's not. Um, well, I no, he well, he is. That. He's he's almost exactly where he was. Okay. Like if you just follow the line like across, he's basically where he was, and, and which is the floor right now. Killer, and you've got killer games in between there. So, and you don't ever have to worry. Like you just play Luca, and you just figure out the other four guys. So Alan brings up this fun point about Luca, which is something I was going to bring up with. I'll get to the Giannis thing. But he said, Luca's a great MVP and a pretty average slash bad points cap player, which is completely right. Like, but most of the time in lineups that he's in, his L10 doesn't matter because you're playing in right. the champion. And so like, it's just the free spot. But I remember when Giannis was out or did he have a bad game or something? Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that Giannis, didn't he have like a seven point game or something like that? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, it's good for his, to lower his L10. And it's like, no, no, no. He's one of the guys that the L10 doesn't matter because you're playing him where the L10 doesn't. I don't ever want to have a, a Giannis where I'm like, oh, it's a pretty good L10 because that means it's, it's dropped so much that like now I'm thinking of other players to play instead of him. And then there was a two, three week stretch where that was the case too. When I was looking at my like points added, I was like, Giannis is a 45 is pretty nice. And Right. Right. <laughs> I didn't buy him for that. But yeah, that's what everybody kept saying when he dropped that eight points. No, but the idea yeah. the idea of playing him with a Luca in that stretch of time was fantastic. If you yep. were one of the people who just went out and bought both at the beginning, which I think that was a lot of people's strategy. But I think for but most we saw people with, it was, uh, but that happened to Jokic. Wasn't Jokic like mid forties for a while? Yes. Yep. And that was when you could play him. And now he's better than Giannis. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jokic. Yeah, right at the beginning of the season. And everybody was trying to justify, oh, Jamal Murray's fully healthy and Gordon's good. And, blah, blah. and it's like, all right. And then, yeah, Jokic just goes and smashes his face off. <laughs> oh. Brandon yeah, said he just bought Theo Pinson because of all the Mavs injuries. I think it's Brandon. Hold on, hold on. I have to, Brandon. Please, a moment of. Are you are you a Kimba Walker guy? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I want whoever whoever was our Kimba Walker person here two weeks ago. Hold on, I'm gonna do the Brian Windhorst thing. It was like telling us that Kimba Walker is a good play. Not gonna lie, satisfying. Hour later, got cut. Got cut. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think so. But I could be wrong. Okay, sorry, Brandon. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not going to. He's Austin Rivers, PJ Tucker guy. <laughs> <sighs> but no, I don't know anything about Theo Pinson. But the, I mean, I'm sure that's like a dollar for limited. So I still got him. Feel like at one point. If you feel like you're ever, I mean, here's the real trick, right? If you can get ahead ahead of the projection guys, then like. If you can buy a guy before the pro- the projections are going to catch up with it, like I, I've always been saying, I think one of like the uh, the inefficiencies in the market when a um, injury happens is everybody jumps and beads out. Everybody jumps to Harrell, but the real the biggest boost, especially if like, there's no Maxi, is Harden, right? Like, especially if Harden's on, like, a low – is, like, on a 40-something. The first guy I actually want is not Harold. It's probably James Harden because he's about to go nuclear. Or, you know, think about when no LeBron. That's when Anthony Davis went absolutely nuclear. But when LeBron went out, people were running THT. They were – or not THT. Uh, JTA. Anderson, right? But, you know, you probably should have been running to a Davis or a Schroeder, the guys that were going to assume more usage. So I think that's worth noting too, is if you can get these guys in that mid tier, it's really nice. Imagine ever feeling comfortable enough to run to Anthony Davis. (laughs) 
Jeb was saying it was Ransom Reed who was looking for the Kemba card because they never minted any. Um, and they were right to not mint any of it appears. <laughs> I don't think nobody's missing out on anything. So we're, uh, we're good. Hi, Sean. Thanks for joining us. <sighs> um, so do you think like knowing your, so using your basketball knowledge and Alex using your projections, do you think you could go through every team and be like, this is the guy that is not playing right now that would pop off if whatever, like who could you identify a cheat code before it's a cheat code with what you know? If I were smart, I would have thought of that by now. I'm going to do like you were saying like McConnell wasn't going to be what, like you wouldn't have gotten to McConnell. And I don't think a lot of people necessarily would have, but. And I think that's, just a me thing because like i said his points per game were pretty solid so like when i sort through here i get i just sorted by points per minute and i get this dude from minnesota who i've never heard of excellent uh deandre hunter which Good makes sir. me think that that this is broken it is broken <laughs> um then i get yo kitchen bead Anthony Davis, Tyler Dorsey, Jaron Jackson, which we know how that has gone. So I'm just going to – I'm going to have to sort through here now and figure it out. Boban, who's always a high PPM guy. Yeah. Walker Kessler is actually the highest one of the, like, guys who actually have roles. I'm seeing a lot of people I think I should buy. Willie Hernan Gomez for the Pelicans. How's that been going? And then T.J. McConnell, Naz Reed, and I'm, so, I'm I'm skipping all the stars for what it's worth. Sure, sure. Bones Highland. I think what's the your what's problem? the time frame? Isaiah Jackson. What do you mean? What's the time frame? Like your fantasy points permitted? Is that this season or is it L10? Um, it is a mixture of entire year and last five games. Okay. Um, for those of you who yeah, don't nothing have to do with L10. Uh, special spreadsheet, if you go to the player rankings page on Sura data, we have like fantasy points per minute here. They're all sortable. This is L10, L40, and then the season. So like a lot of the guys that you brought up kind of showed up. But I was wondering because like I thought I saw, Mo yeah, like Moses Brown, 1.3. Obviously doesn't play that much, but like there's Boban. Uh, <laughs> I hear something funny. You just have to know, like, on what these guys or at, what needs to happen for these guys to go from eight minutes a game to 28 minutes. Right. Exactly. The um, the direct path to playing time was what I was going to say with Nas Reed. But I guess there's a direct path to playing time with Harold. So I think the second level then becomes the points per minute. DeAndre Hunter's calculation was broken, by the way. <laughs> so sorry to anybody and everybody who bought him because of my uh recommendation but i, I don't even mind deandre hunter there's enough things did he go to virginia happened there yeah he did yeah, see that he you can never trust a guy who goes to a school that gave up that it so, scored like 20 points a game as a team i just somehow lost to umbc yeah exactly win <laughs> So, in answer to your question, I don't think you actually can for every single team um, because I don't think every team is built in the scenario that a cheat code can exist. That's fair. I, I do think, though, that a majority of teams you could go to and say, I think the way, like, I actually did this a little bit with Sean when he was getting into supers and was, like, trying to – because he didn't want to – go like drop a hundred <laughs> to, to sure. get supers. He's like, I kind of want like to go a challenger route and kind of play it more GPP to use a DFS term um, of like, if something happens, this guy could pop off. So like one of the, for the first guy we bought was Tyus Jones was the single first guy. And I think a lot of teams have that. I think where you would go to do it is look for the teams that have alphas 
like and not just alphas in terms of their DFS points, but alphas in terms of usage. So like a Halliburton was getting a ton of usage because not only did he score a lot, but he was on the ball forever. Um, in Oklahoma City, it's wow. Who is it? My wheel got thrown off. There we go. Hey, there we go. That's so weird. But um, you know, in Oklahoma City, it's actually not. Giddy gets a huge bump if SGA misses. Um, you know, in in the late and for the Lakers, you know, the, the kind of Chico of like Braun misses is Dennis Schroeder gets really good. Like, so you could go down the list of all of these teams, and you're not gonna always arrive at a TJ McConnell. So you're not gonna always arrive at a guy at a six or a guy at a ten. But what I think you need to leave room for is going this 20 guy might be somebody that can produce 40 to 50. So it's not like the traditional cheat code. Like we, I think we think of cheat codes as these super low L10s that can pop off. But isn't it just as much of a cheat to get a guy at a 25 that puts up a 60? Sure. That's, that's kind of what I've been saying about roster construction for a little while just because... I've turned corner. I'm on your roster. I, I like the 30s more. Yeah. I like the 30s with Luca a lot. There's the points added thing relative to just raw points when you start looking at it like i won't play guys who don't project with an upside lower than 20 but it's the guys in the 20 to 30 range that can add 40 most times and if a guy goes nuts and has you know a 4x at 8 then great but like gabe vincent had to 5x his 11 to be like relevant in a good lineup like a a 2x out of an 11 is like all right cool just get you closer to a minimum reward right but what has to happen to get them there is kind of crazy whereas the people in the 25 to 30 range they are there because they're capable of more and when you look at those guys a lot of times they're the the Brunsons who can go nuts or the DeRozans who can go nuts and also just have a bad game. And those are the guys that I want on my team. Jordan Clarkson always settles into that range, stuff like that. Those are the guys who can go just way above their yep. mark. And then you start to get to the high end and you start to get caps other than the guys who can just go other than the guys who can score 70 points or, you know, the Embiid a hundred, stuff like that. And then I think Luca eventually did it, but there's kind of an artificial cap on some of those like LeBron tier ones to, I don't know, current Harden tier ones. And then there's just that little sliver of people at the top who can actually go way above their high fifties, high sixties L10. Here's, here's a good one. I'm going to ask Laird as a Knicks fan, when Brunson's out, even before the season, who would you want to have quickly? Easy. Right. But why? (laughs) Like, why is the reason? Like, you've, we've seen it now, but not very long. But what's the reason? Well, he just – he does a lot with the, in – well, he did a lot in minute, limited minutes anyway. So, like, if he's going to get more minutes, then he's going to score more fantasy points. So, when you are doing this little exercise, if, if that's what you choose to do – and, like, the reason I haven't personally done it is because I'm just worried of market risk. Of, like, I, I – I like to be more short-term on a lot of guys because we just don't know what the price market's going to do week to week here. Um, but if you do that for every single team, like most people that know their teams know who can go up. Like if you ask a Piston fan, what happens if, uh, I can't say his name right, but Diallo. What happens if Diallo gets minutes? They're going to go, oh, he'll just smash. He'll just absolutely go off because he's a huge points per minute guy. Yeah. You know, you ask, you can do that going on teams. I mean, Alex knows this. I mean, a lot of people know it now, but, you know, if Levert got extended run as an alpha, what is he going to do? Shoot and shoot and shoot and miss and miss and miss. <laughs> well, when he doesn't miss, though, but he can put up – I mean, we've seen Levert, like, back to Nets days and even Cavs days, put up, like, 50 to 60. So, you know, those are the guys that you would want to look for if you're doing this exercise, not necessarily, like – you know, the next small guy, like I mean, Shake Milton, if you did this exercise, would have been a guy that you would have looked at the Sixers and known that when he has gotten minutes in the past, he just absolutely crushes. So that's what I think you do. You don't necessarily identify the sheet at six 
Like the answer was never Juan Toscano answered Anderson for the Lakers. Like the moment that that's the answer, like you you've answered you you didn't understand the question. I guess it would be like almost how I would roll it. And that sorry, Laird, that that, that came off. But you get the point. Like he's never going to have the ceiling. Um. <clears throat> Alan brings up the point that the L10 11, the L10 of 11 guy going off also requires the 40 L10 guy to go off as well. Which, 100%. Um, That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. Because then you, you don't, you get the 11 and you don't maximize the 40 guy. You just use the 40 guy that was in your lineup. You you have a Bam Adebayo in your gallery already and you go, he's cool, but everybody in the Heat lineup is in and his ceiling is like 45. Right. Like you're just, you're, you're putting in a guy with a higher L10 and not necessarily the better play. Like they, if he's an L10 of 40, I don't think Bam's that high. Maybe he is. He's a 44. Oh, then like the, the 37 DeJounte Murray might actually be better. It's actually, ne it's never better with yep. DeJounte Murray, but like, <laughs> sorry. but somebody in that range, I'm sure is, a, is good. I want to go back to the quickly thing. Quickly is a 35 right now. Because he like, that's smacked, to use a Sean term, he smacked his face off for like a week when Brunson missed, right? He yeah. was like putting in like 16, 70. It was three games. Right. So that kills his – and then but when he does actually play in off the bench, he's still in that like 20 zone, so there's not like yeah. stuff that pulls him down far enough. Um, yeah. Alex, just I just – Brunson just never gets again. Alex, it's just occurred to me when Lair just said – or we just brought up the BAM thing. When people ask you – about that, I think you said earlier the eight L the eight L ten. I just need an eight. The reality is that they're doing what we just did there. They have right. the guys that are already sitting in their gallery, and they just made them all fit, and then want that eight to be the missing link. A, a lot of times, that's what people do. There, there is one person specifically I can think of who just drops in and is like, "Hey, I need somebody here," and I'm like, "You can do this, but it's not really going to help." Like, it's you need everyone thing, to go off. Yeah, it's one thing if you have like this super optimal other four, but usually that's not the case. You're just like, I just want to play my four best cards. So who's the clown that I need to get in to fit them in? And like, that's just. <laughs> It's the right. recipe for disaster. <laughs> right. Hold on. Right. Hey, can you put uh, Bujwin's question? I want to ask, now that I brought Diallo, I, I actually need to know this answer. If you ask a Top Shot collector about Diallo, though, I don't know the answer. Am I wrong? <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh. I think I have there's a Diallo bag joke here somewhere. Is there a Diallo? Is there, did he like get way too expensive on Top Shot? I don't know the like answer. Like Diallo? Isn't that his name? Hamadou, thank you. I, I I I knew I was gonna butcher it. <laughs> so I just didn't even say it. That um that piston team is so weird. They're weirdly like can you imagine though if Kate Cunningham was there? They would actually be like weirdly fun. Uh, oh yeah. They yeah, with him they would be, but boy, I watched I watched them play recently and they look like they've never played together before. That's exactly what I was just about to say. That's exactly what it is. Every time I see them, it's like, all right, first time, huh? And I love Dwayne <laughs> Casey, but yikes. Do you know what's funny, though, about, like, the Diallo? I wasn't even trying to get there. I'm going to give, like, a little cliffhanger, I think, of what you probably should do if you're, like, one of these people that is trying to, like, plan ahead. You should pick the teams right now that are definitely trading assets, like, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Pistons is a 1,000% going to be traded this year. <laughs> so, like, you know, a Diallo type, a Sadiq Bay could be really good the rest of the season, especially if they can, like, pull down their L10s a little bit further. So, I mean, I think that that's another really good strategy moving up. Instead of, like, if you want to get ahead of the cheat code, right? We're definitely in that part now where, like, you can oh, really yeah. just hold guys – that should um, that should benefit from other guys getting traded, and that's actually the thing. I was like, I'll just buy Isaiah Jackson because if Miles Turner gets traded, and then I looked at the standings, I was like, damn it! <laughs> like, Aces are good, man. They're playing too Aces well. Yeah, and Rick Carlisle does not like tanking. So no, he does not. That man wins wherever he goes.
Courtside said the, the Diallo bottleneck that reached 3K. Never forget. I feel like that's top shot <laughs> in a statement. <laughs> from from right. what I gather, you needed bottlenecks were like uh, moments that people had to buy to like finish challenges. For a and challenge. there just weren't that many of them. So it's probably good that there weren't that many Hamid Diallo <laughs> moments, but apparently that was a problem. So. If you ever need a Harrison Barnes rare card to. Uh, Finish a challenge and top shot, track me down because you can have it. You mean a moment? Yeah, that. Not a card. A moment. Sorry. <laughs> we have cards right. here. It's so rare. We don't have moments. Right. My mind has shifted. I don't know what it is. Um, I got nothing else. I just, I just want to address something that was said in the chat really quick. Yeah. Uh, Brandon said, what you're really hoping is that each of your players can 2x so the eights for me i'm just hoping they hit eight and make room for the 20s and 30s they can hit 50 plus that's that's all good and well and that's great and if you have a good one that makes sense but in uh in contender so 2x is going to give you 220 i think 308 was winning contender last I saw, or like one last week. Yeah, I don't even know how you get there in a contender lineup other than you got to play. 70 get, from TJ. 70 from TJ, 70 from uh, Drew on a 30, and then a couple of 50s. I don't know that happens. But, like, if you're aiming for 2X, I just want to say again, like, it takes a lot for an 8 to get to 2X. An 8 to a 16 is great. And 2X for an 8 and a 22 – is still going to be 60 and 2x for a 15 and a 15 is still going to be 60. The math makes sense. Like obviously you want 2x and you can focus on 2x this, 2x that, or 3x, whatever you want to say with the x's. But it's the margins that you can't get out of those eights unless it is a Shake Milton situation. You have to know that it's a guy who can actually do that and the reason that they're on an eight not like, oh, this guy who obviously is so talented that his coach plays in three minutes a game and blowouts, all of a sudden he's going to play 20 minutes. Like the, the opportunity for him to blow up is not that great. With Gabe Vincent, there was, a, there, was, yeah, with Gabe Vincent there was a way there because he's just a gunner and you just kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into. Gabe Vincent still plays. And if it's a guy who doesn't play and all of a sudden is going to play – more likely than not, they're just not that good, and they might 2x, but it's going to be a labor. That's fair. That's fair. I'm looking now, rare contender this game week's at 277 with McConnell, Bain, Kyle Anderson, Kessler, Walker, and Terrence Mann. Okay. That's a good lineup. But you know what's off. cool about that lineup? Well, Brandon just put, yeah, winning is luck. If you told me that that lineup before the game was what we knew, one, I'd be like, yep, I can see that. Yeah. Like, I recommended Bane like to everybody for the last week. I think actually winning, yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of luck that your guy hits the ceiling. But if you went to me like that's like a T1, T2 type of lineup, I'm like, absolutely. Like I, I'll flash to you guys every once in a while when I was doing the cheat codes. The I My favorite server data feature for anybody – here goes my server data plug. Anyone that doesn't use server data, it's free for NBA. You need it, especially to follow game weeks. The best feature right now is in the game week, before it starts, you get the projection of your lineup, and you can kind of see how good your building was. Oh, oh I had one week I was at. I had one week I was projected the second best lineup on the platform, and I finished That's in fun. 24th. And I finished in 24th. So, you know, like kind of did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried that yet. I gotta do. Someone remind me after lock on Friday. I gotta look because I haven't done it yet. It's, I bet it's the best. It's the best. It's so funny. I feel like it could also be the worst. <laughs> it can be the worst. Yeah, if it, that second would have turned into two thousand, I, I, I would have been wait. like Laird, fix your app. <laughs> right. I can't wait to come after Laird because like you told me I was gonna be first. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I think it's just to me that's just like a little bit of fun. It's like you know in DFS, Alex, you can remember this in Laird too. The first thing you do when lock happens at 10.01 is, like, you just love to see the ownerships. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, let's see. Like, nothing's happened yet, but I, I love – I live for that moment of going – or, like, you have a big head-to-head. What did they play? 
And so, like, for me, when the game week locks and server data updates that, oh, it's, it's, it's my favorite. I'm glad you gave me a way to scratch that exact itch because as you were saying, I was like, boy, I could I could play some DFS right now. And then I thought about it more and I was like, no, I'm good. No. <laughs> <clears throat> Gabe Vincent was the second most popular player in limited contender this game week. Who Terrence was first? Man, sixth. Not a bunch of guys. Matherin was first. Who's one? That makes sense. Yeah. And Nemhard was he first. wasn't the answer. But that's the Wait, funny. Who was first? Thing? Just, just... Matherin one, Vincent two, Nemhard three. But I think the the funniest thing about McConnell though, everybody's like in like hindsight after the seventy thinks that oh it's so obvious. Everybody's on Nemhard. Last time that Halliburton missed, Nemhard and you think <laughs> I know, I do it was gonna say something like that. But Nimhard, the last time Halliburton missed, dropped a triple double in Golden yeah. State. So, like, everybody ran to, I, I think everybody ran to Nimhard. I wasn't looking, but I'd assume so, and for good reason. And then, he popped. 22 minutes, TJ McConnell was the actual answer. Yeah. Uh, Barkley's member is asking Is that line of projection for football only? It's actually for NBA only. It's so. only NBA. Football, they don't project. Right. They just project your, the cool thing on football is they, once you're in the middle of a week, you can kind of see where you can go range-wise. Yes. So if you're still alive for number one, even though you're not. Even though you're really not. Yeah, <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you to everybody who has joined us live. Uh, if you guys could please hit the like button on the video. That's always really helpful. Subscribe to the channel. If you haven't, we're still trying to build this uh, NBA one up. So uh, any help there, pass it around to all your friends if anybody's interested in sore NBA content. Um, definitely check out So Rare First Pitch. That's uh, Alex and Keith. I'll get the point thing right one day. Um, do uh, update uh, NBA updated NBA projections all the time. So definitely check that out. The Discord is excellent as well. So just uh, go to So Rare FP on Twitter. Um, we'll be back next week with another show. If there's any topics you guys would like us to touch on, um, certainly open to all of that. So you can reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. I'm also in a bunch of discords that everyone else can find themselves in. So um, just find me. So thank you, gentlemen, and uh, good luck with your lineups.